Hi, everybody, and welcome to Unified, a podcast feed from First Church Belmont Unitarian Universalist. We'll be sharing sermons and stories, especially thematic content made new every week. We're so glad you're here, and for more information about who we are and opportunities to grow and deepen, swing by the church on Sundays or check out our website at uubelmont.org. And for now, enjoy this new content. One of the great gifts of serving you all as your minister is I get to witness your lives up close. I get to see up close the bravery, the care, the creativity, and the deep love with which you live. And for all of us, one of the great gifts of being woven and connected in community is we all get to witness one another up close. We get to show up for one another and learn from one another and love one another as we face the changes before us. And change can be hard. I love these words by Pema Chodron in her book, Lori mentioned that we're having that class about tomorrow, When Things Fall Apart. She writes, Only when we expose ourselves over and over to annihilation can we find that which is indestructible within us. Just a few weeks ago, we traveled to bring a belated Christmas to my mother and stepfather. There were some sicknesses floating around, which meant that Christmas Day and our usual celebrations weren't possible. And so we descended upon them with what Aaliyah calls our five family, my wife Lauren, our teenagers Ben and Jack, and Aaliyah rounding out the team at eight years old. Some of you know my mother was in the hospital recently and has been navigating some health challenges for a while. We've been moving her and my stepfather increasingly towards single-floor living, exploring together this next phase of life and how we can support them and where they need space when they need us to show up. There is so much change. She's moving around that first floor of the house now with a walker, which is new. It took a little while, but it looked like a Christmas tree was too much for them to manage this year. But Aaliyah came up with a genius idea. She got one of those little miniature four-foot trees. A far cry from the monster trees my mother used to have reaching up through a central stairway in their front entryway, 10, 11 feet, truly ridiculous. I think it's safe to say that she loved decorating this tiny tree this year more than ever previous years because it looked like it would not happen. And there was a moment seeing her and Aaliyah at that tree, her showing Aaliyah an ornament then bathed in that singular light of a Christmas tree. And I thought of my two sons when they were toddlers playing with that enormous tree of their grandmothers. The main event in those days was a zip line of sorts they created from fishing line tied to the banisters to make sure the tree didn't fall. They would take packing peanuts, 
which there were many, many in the four boxes of ornaments, keeping the ornaments safe. But the boys would take packing peanuts, hook an ornament hook into the packing peanuts, and set them free on the zip line from the very top of the banister. While let the record show, I was hard at work unpacking four boxes of ornaments to put them on the tree. I was a little grumpy every once in a while, but now, of course, it is a cherished holiday memory. And I thought of that moment there with that tiny tree filled with some of the same ornaments and my mother with another grandchild and this same abundant love. And this, I think, is the beautiful reminder in Pema Chodron's words. In these moments of change and loss, we can touch what is the deepest and most true. Many years before, I remember the first time I opened my heart to my stepfather. My parents had a messy divorce, and I was a teenager, and so it was a bit of a journey to exceed the gift he was to my mother and to me. He's a singer-songwriter, and when they got together, he wrote her a song. Some of her health challenges had started many years ago, and he wrote her this beautiful song about his love enduring no matter the challenges they faced. And it started with these words. So you think I'll be regretting what together we've become just because you're moving slower now that we won't walk as one. Don't you know that even slowing down, you move in time with me? And if I have to hold you more, then that's the way we'll be. So if you're worried that you do not always have the strength you need, and you wonder if you'll disappoint me when I have to lead, just remember that you only need to be there by my side. And together, we will face the world, and love will be our guide. I remember his piercing, pure tenor voice singing that song, and it's slicing through my teenage, hormoned, poisoned mind. I knew somehow that I wanted her to be loved like that. And this has continued. I have rarely seen a love as generous, as lion-hearted and unflinching as the love of this man. And I tell you this all today as we move into this new year, as we move into this turning and changing time, as we all navigate so many times of liminality in our own lives and this liminality together, Change is hard, and it has been a changing time for so many years. Now with the pandemic and the so many pivots and the pivots after pivots, that first year back here in this beautiful building, we had more than six entirely different plans in place before Christmas. And before that, it felt like just a moment ago that I first shared that poem we heard before, lockdown in some of our online worship experiences. In so many ways, we are still emerging into life. These last many weeks, there has been so much COVID. 
by and large, we are remerging still into life, and so much is different. Our patterns of communication, our experiences of connection, our baseline stress, so much is different. These are the words of Rabbi Ariel Berger in an interview with Krista Tippett many, many months ago. He wrote this while we were still mostly at home, just as the pandemic was beginning. He says, I am a follower of the great Hasidic master, Rabbi Nachman of Breslov. And he emphasized a softening of the heart. The biblical verse that says, give me a heart of flesh. And the goal of a lot of the practices in Jewish mysticism is to deeply open to experience, whether it's joy or pain. Ultimately, it's about finding the places where weeping and joy can come together, where yearning and delight can come together. He continues, for me, it's about this simple thing of paying attention right now, especially to what we're yearning for. And I think one of the great powerful things about this period we're living through is that, yes, there's a lot of suffering, and yes, there's anxiety and isolation and really a lot of darkness, but there's also a lot of yearning. Things we took for granted are no longer there for us. Things we took for granted are suddenly very precious. And when you start to ask questions out of that yearning, you think, what might the world look like now? How do we not go back to the world as it was? How do we reimagine? And this is our question together now. How do we not go back to the world as it was? How do we reimagine? Together, we will explore what is the glowing coal at the core of who we are together as a community. We will explore how, what is the good gift we are longing to give to this world. We are poised for wonderful things in these coming years. This is a complex moment, but if we arrive into it with hearts of flesh, opening to it, it will help us move into this future. And in each of our own lives, whatever we are facing, whatever stretching time, whatever changing time, know that you are held here in love. Know that you are not alone in this time of transition, but that so many of us, that all of us are facing change, and change can be hard especially when so much is in uncertain in the world. We all together are casting a vision to where we want to be moving forward, called to find that which is indestructible within us, this powerful purpose propelling us forward. The spiritual path is now and has always been about cultivating this opening knowing truth when it whispers and roars and answering its call. When I came here to be your minister five years ago, we were just starting to build momentum, just starting to know one another, 
just getting going when the bottom dropped out of the world. And now, coming back out of our caves, now we are rebuilding the ship, we are fixing the sails and setting course for a glorious journey. The world needs so desperately, especially now, the good gift of First Church. With this complex election looming, with the uncertainty and destruction raging in the Middle East, with so much hatred and vitriol here in our country, this powerful love at our core, this precious love propelling us forward and holding us close is needed now more than ever. I'll close with these words by E.E. E. Cummings, words which came back to me over and over again in the hardest moments of the pandemic. I thank you, God, for most this amazing day, for the leaping greenly spirits of trees and a blue true dream of sky, and for everything which is natural, which is infinite, which is yes, I, who have died, am alive again today, and this is the sun's birthday. This is the birthday of life and love and wings and the gay, great, happening, illimitably earth. Now the ears of my ears awake, and now the eyes of my eyes are opened. Friends, especially now, in this liminal time, as we explore who we will be, as we discern together what is next moment in the long good life of the church, may, our, may the ears of our ears awake, may the eyes of our eyes open, may our love for this place and one another be lion-hearted and generous like my stepfather, may we find together that which is indestructible within us. Amen.